Hello world, welcome to Industrial Nomads, Voices on the Road. This is episode Melissa Root Salmon. I've known Melissa for about two years, and we'll get into that momentarily. Melissa, thanks for taking part. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I too am excited. It's been a little bit, it might be a little rusty, forgive me. That's uh, okay. But I'm confident this is going to be a good one. Uh, let's start out. We met a couple of years ago in White House, we did. Texas. And you'd been there for, at that time, about 14 years, sound about right? I've, I've been teaching for 14 years. Teaching. I had been at White House for two years. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Colleen took a job there mm -hmm. and for a semester, and we met then and have uh, been fortunate to be able to keep in touch and, and get to hang out with you all a couple of times. Yeah. But your journey into education, give me a little bit about that, and then we'll explore more about, you know... White House and when I knew you and where you are now and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so as a kid I had always wanted to be a teacher. I remember as a child like behind this little nightstand that was actually my dad's when he was a little boy that I would turn it just right to the to my bedroom with all my little teddy bears and dolls and everything and I remember teaching yeah. to those dolls and so I'd always, you know, wanted to be a teacher and then I had um, I was very blessed to have several, several teachers that really influenced me a lot in my life. But I had two, Mrs. Smith and um, Mrs. Walters. Mrs. Walters was never actually my teacher, but she invested in me. She was a teacher on our campus and just gave me the, the empowerment that, like, I trust you. I mean, like, she trusted me to babysit her boys and just to give me that empowerment. And so I'd always wanted to teach so I could pass that on to other students and have that same impact. And now, even today, you know, I have students that one who just had a baby and one who's in college and they'll still contact me and be like, hey, I'm having my kid. Can you come to my shower? And, you know, I'm seeing that. I'm on the other end of it now. And so. Those lifelong impacts. Yes. Those relationships. Yes. Now, and this was in Wisconsin. No, this was in Mount Pleasant, Texas. Mount Pleasant. So. We moved to Texas when I was, my mom will correct me, 12, 13 <laughs> years old. I can't remember exactly. So from Wisconsin. Sixth or seventh grade. No. no. Okay. We, I'm sorry. Hey, no, Phil we moved from this. Wisconsin to Georgia you were born to in Wisconsin. Indiana. Yes. Okay. I was born in Wisconsin, lived there until I was, I don't know, 10 years oldish, somewhere in there. Moved to Indiana, lived there for six months. Or, I'm sorry, moved to Georgia, lived there for six months. Moved to Indiana. Wait, Wisconsin down Wisconsin to Georgia. Wisconsin to Georgia to Indiana in, to Texas. What part of Indiana? Elkhart. Elkhart. I don't know where that's at. Very north. Is it around Lighting? I don't know where that's at. Whiting is on the border like 20 minutes from Chicago. Maybe, yes. This is by South Bend, up by the lake. It was definitely on the lake. We were on the coast. Went to the coast. All the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we went Wisconsin, Georgia, Indiana, Texas within a year and a half, two years for my dad's job. Mm. Um, very talented man in the furniture world and um, ended up in Texas at a furniture factory in Mount Vernon. And so that's how I ended up in Texas. So you were in, you lived in Mount Pleasant, mm -hmm. which is not too far from here, right? Mount Pleasant? No, Mount Pleasant, I guess it's an hour from Longview. North, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's where we, we are currently in uh, Longview. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's how we ended up here. I was working up here and Colleen had looked around and took a job with White House again, where, where we were fortunate to meet you. So. Yeah. Um, you also got, in 2019, we had a baby that year. You got married. Yes, I right? did. And that's really cool. 
Yes. So. Colleen was in the, um, the, the, the Brad corner. She loved Brad. I wasn't sure because he was 18 years older than I am. He's a, well, yeah, I guess I'm 14 years older than Colleen. Yes, and so, so that... she was naturally in the older men are great. Awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad she thinks so. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and before, I don't want to forget the, the your um, uh, Instagram is at Be Joyful Solution. Or solutions. 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 So, and it's at B as in a, like a honeybee bumblebee, B-E-E. Yes. And what's the background on that, the be and joyful? Then? So, be joyful. Um, B has always kind of been my little thing. When I was born, um, my dad kept honeybees. And so, he they were trying to figure out a name for me, and they couldn't think of one. And so, since he was keeping bees, my dad chose my name as Melissa, as in keeper of the queen bee. That's what Melissa means. And so it was Melissa Jean. Jean is my mom's name. And so he picked my first name. Jean is after my mom. And so that's how I got the bee. And then Joy is my husband's mom's name. Okay. And it's also been just something in life. On your creed? Your... Yeah, like just joy. Like try to be joyful and look on the bright sides. Even though bad things happen, it does not give you permission to not be joyful. And so it just kind of worked out like it was just a God thing. Like it just kind of like B was my thing and then joyful with Brad's mom's name being Joy. And then it's just, you know, I've been through a lot in life. And so it's just like, you know, I choose joy. And so be joyful solutions so I can give joy to business owners and help them grow and thrive and um, be productive. Yeah. And, and we're going to get more into that. We will. Before. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, and you, and you mentioned earlier, you said about bad things happen and be joyful. Now, it, it was definitely a bad thing. could have been so much worse. could have been. But you had shared a story. Um, you were nine years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you don't mind sharing that again, that that is about as... I, I don't know anything... Anybody else I know, I don't know any, like that level is intense. So Yeah, so I was um, nine years old, and our families were meeting... Um, my dad's older brother we always had Christmas after Christmas it just kind of happened that way and so we went over to Milwaukee to see them and meet up with our families and um, you know how kids are like constantly nagging nah, I don't, I don't yeah, think about that. <laughs> constantly nagging and so I was constantly nagging my aunt who had stayed behind from going to see a movie with my mom and dad and my uncle and an older cousin they all went to go see a movie my aunt stayed with all of us kids at the hotel. Okay. And so I was nagging her to go back up to the room. I wanted to go put on my new Christmas outfit that she had gotten me. She got me this cute little jean skirt and this little Chanel sweater that was super cute that I loved. And I was bugging her. I want to go put on my skirt. I want to go change. I want to, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> bugging her. And finally she's like, Melissa, just go. You know how kids can be just nagging. Get up nagging, there nagging. and get right back down here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I went up and changed. Played in my mom's makeup. Of course, I wasn't supposed to do that. But played in my mom's makeup. <laughs> I remember doing that. And leaving the room, getting back on the elevator to come back downstairs. And I didn't think twice about it. There's a man standing there. He was wearing a gray trench coat. I can still see him in my mind to this day. I mean, I'm 43 years old. I can still see him standing there. I got on the elevator. Didn't even think about it. Well, we had just discovered, you know, the little buttons on an elevator with the arrows pointing together to shut the elevator well we just discovered and figured out what those were for and my parents had told us well they'll shut the door for you oh cool so i'm going to be you know like 
I'm nine years old. I'm going to push the door shut button instead of just it's waiting. It's time to go, right? Yes, yeah. it's time to go. So I reach forward to shut the button. Like, I remember thinking, oh, well, I'm going to take care of this. This door, we went down. The door shut. They open back up. I'm going to take care of this and shut the, shut the doors. The door shut or get ready to shut. I push the button and the man stuns me on the back with a stun gun. And it's only by the grace of God that the doors did not shut. I don't know why. I pushed the button. He like literally stuck a stun gun up. He literally stuck like, his stun gun up to my back and nine stunned year me. Nine-year-old little girl. Nine-year-old little girl. And um, wow. I stumbled out of the elevator. I'm like, I am not getting back on that elevator. And so I went to go to the steps. I looked down the steps. I heard something. Looked down, and he's down there. I could see him looking back up at me. So I turned back around to come back inside. Um, you know, from the what, like the ele like not the elevator, the, the stair. Stairs. Yeah, yeah. whatever you call that, the stair. The fire escape. The, yes, like yeah. the fire escape, or whatever. Anyways, um, came back inside. Found another set of stairs. Ended up like downstairs in like the boiler room where they do the laundry and everything. And this poor teenage kid, I feel so bad for him. He had to have been in like high school freaking out like, oh my gosh, there's this kid down here. What's going on? And I'm crying and I can see my aunt through the little glass. Yeah, in the door. In the door. I can see her in the pool and I'm like banging. But there's all these kids in there playing and she can't she hear me. That, yeah. And so this kid is like, what's wrong? Can I help you? You know, and I'm like, you know, and I explained what happened. They shut down the hotel. They call in the police. My mom and my uncle and my dad finally, you know, get there. And they're like, oh, my gosh, what's happened? And anyways, to make a long story short, none of us slept at all that night. But not. <laughs> yes, we didn't sleep at wow. all that night. But you know what? I mean, like I say bad things happen. It made me a more aware parent. It made me. A person who like thinks about those things like with my you pay students attention, right? I pay attention to things yeah. I pay attention to my surroundings probably a little more um, trying to think of the word reserved at times than what I should be it takes me a little while to kind of warm up to especially males um, I'm a little bit more aware of what's going on and sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's not but you know, you still have to find the good in things. And my poor children never got on an elevator <laughs> by themselves for years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, ever, you know. I don't think anybody can fault that, that logic <laughs> you have and that awareness and being vigilant and all that. I think that, that has to, like you said, if, if there is a silver lining, you found it. Yes. And so. Hence, be joyful. Yeah. I'm always yeah, finding. Absolutely. And that's just part of who I am. And, and I want to make a little light of it. I got to roll back to what you told me. There was a potential abduction, like a man yeah. trying to take you. And it's, it's seriously just like something you would see on a movie. You'd be like, why would you do that? You went to the boiler room. <laughs> I just kind of like kept going. Like I didn't know where to go. Like, I, I need to say that these were the old school keys Yeah. with the holes. Like when they first came out, the door keys. Right. And in this hotel, it would only let you into certain places. And so I would go and try to get into certain doors and it wouldn't let me. So, so, again, this is really like a movie. You're trying oh, yes. to get in doors. I was trying and, to get to this, different places, and it would not let me. You were able to get to, like, the worst place you would think you could get. Yes. <laughs> this poor teenage kid. I mean, yeah. I still, like, his little face, like, I remember, like, he was just like, oh, my gosh, this little girl is going crazy. And, like, he didn't know what to do. And so he just took me to the front desk, and they shut down the entire Never. Red Roof Inn in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
I'll never forget it. <laughs> I bet not. And you don't need to. Again, you yeah. took a lot from that and you, you went forward with it as, yeah. as a learning experience. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. Now, I think that constitutes a bad day for any kid. Yeah. But you also share with me a story that, that does rival that. It's a totally different vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would recount that for us. like <laughs> Because it is kind of a ch- chuckle story. It is a chuckle story. Yeah. So... Um, as a teacher, there's a book called Alexander's Very Bad, Terrible, No Good Day. I'm a, yes. You're aware of that book. So my very bad, terrible, no good day, I was 10 or 11-ish, <laughs> and we were in Wisconsin, had went on vacation um, to northern Wisconsin to my dad's cousin's cabin. And you know in the movies, you know, they make they make it like this really cool scene where you run from this hill out into like out into the pier and you jump off the pier and it's like this glorious event when you jump off into the lake. Absolutely, I can see it in my mind. Yes. Like every, who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> yes. So, in my mind, that's what I was doing. Well, I forgot to put on my shoes. No, my that, parents that, had. Const- that's what you did. That is what I did. You did like, that. I wanted to, like, I was ready to do that. But my parents had kept telling us, "Put your shoes on. There are freshwater clams." They will cut your feet. You have got to put your shoes on. Well, I forgot. I woke up that morning and I'm like, this is the day. I'm going to run off that dock. It is beautiful. Huge green hill. Beautiful green grass. I'm going to run down this hill, run off the dock, and into this gorgeous lake in northern Wisconsin. I mean, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, like, the northern fish up there were huge. and gor- I mean, like, it was wonderful. So I'm running off this and I jump and I felt something in my foot. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That kind of hurt. And I swam, and the family came down, and I went to get out. And I'm like, my foot really hurts, and I get out. And it's just, like, bleeding, like, gushing the bottom I of my sliced foot. Sliced it open. Sliced it open on a claim. So they take me to the doctor. <laughs> this old school in the middle of nowhere doctor. And they use, um, you know, of course, this needle. They stick it in my foot in order to whatever. Put stitches in. Well, they put or, stitches in it, but you know how they give you the... Oh, the, 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 the numbing. The numbing. Whatever, yeah. So yeah. they numbed it into the cut, stitched me up, gave me a... What shot is that? That they give you to make sure that you don't get like any... Penicillin shot or something? Something like that. So just to Anyways, kill the bacteria. Just to kill the bacteria. Yeah, okay. I can't remember the name of it. Anyways. Tetanus so they give shot? Me, tetanus shot. Tetanus thank shot. you. Okay. They give yeah. me a tetanus shot. They give me all these shots into the cut. Bad day. Okay. That's a bad day. <laughs> bad day. Any given day is a bad, bad day. <laughs> so my mom's like, well, we're here on vacation. Can she still go swimming? And the doctor's like, well, sure. Just put her foot in a bread basket, duct tape it up, put some saran wrap on it. She'll be great. Waterproof that Waterproof cut. it. Good. She'll be great. You know, like old school doctor. <laughs> right. Okay. So we get to this state park where we're going to go swimming. I'm nine or 10 years old again and a baby. And I'm like, the cement is too hot. So my mom's like, put your hand on the van, on the back of the van. You'll be fine. Put it on the van. Keep your foot up. So I'm standing there with my hands on the back of the van. The van door's open. Mind you, we're talking like, what, 1985-ish, somewhere in there. There's not, like, little clickers for your car. Like, you have to it's stick the... manual. You thing. have to manual do it, like, yeah. with the key, okay? So I'm standing there with my hand on the back of the door. My mom is standing next to me. They're unloading all the coolers and picnic baskets, all this stuff. My foot is up. My uncle shuts the back of the van door. Onto my hand. We're not talking just the fingers. Like, we're talking the entire hand. In some way, that door closed, right? Like, it... 
Yeah, like it he latched. shed it. Like it yeah. latched. Okay. <laughs> the keys are like in the picnic basket or somewhere. Uh, yeah. Not right there. Not right there. And there's no clicker and there's no little button to push it to open it like we have today. Yeah. And so my hand is still in the car. And I scream. My mom is standing right there. And she had been telling me, Melissa, stop. Like I was raking on her nerves. Melissa, stop. <laughs> Melissa, stop. Your foot's not that bad. You're Stitches okay. Your Just foot. stop. You're fine. You're fine. So I scream with my hand, you know, caught in the back of the car. She turns and is like, Melissa Jean, be quiet. And she just like smacks me like right across the cheek. (laughs) Like it was just like, I startled her. My mom has never been a violent person. Like it was just sheer reaction to me screaming in her ear. Yeah. Yeah. So all in the same day I had stitches, hand shut in the car, and slap by my mom. Slap my mom. Not just a little painful, but your pride's hurt right there, too. Hurt your feelings. Hurts like. my feelings. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. But you know what? You have to find joy in it. Yeah, tell me the joy in that one. Because tell I, you the joy in that one. Yeah, you still know. have to keep going. I agree with that. Keep you going. You still have to keep going. And it's and a you great still... story to tell. But yes. At that moment in time, I would have just been like defeated. I'd be like, I hate all you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go away. You know, and that's a story I have told with my kids at school every single year. I start my year off with that story and throughout the year I'm like is it this bad not to put myself on a pedestal or anything but it kind of puts them in perspective you know and my kids are like oh no that didn't happen yeah I I tore my shirt yeah it's not that bad it's not that bad yeah so it's not that bad it's okay or even if it is that bad then they can still be like oh you recovered I recovered like we can move on like I can still find joy in it right like it's still gonna be okay and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, you know, that you have those not-so-great days to just keep everything in perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. It's all about perspective. Yeah, for sure. What can you learn from it? Yeah. That, all right, well, so education, you've been in education, or you, you were in education for yes, 16 years. 16 years. And you put a lot into that. I know how that is. I can relate. Um, not just through myself, but Colleen. Uh, I know it takes time, it takes your heart, it takes your mind, it takes everything you got. That's because, right. Because you commit to it. And, mm-hmm. and that's 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 who you are, not yeah. just what you do. Not just what you do. Yeah. And uh, but you changed. Like you you gave that up. Mm-hmm. How'd that happen? What where did you So the year I met Colleen, before she came, right before she came, um, in November, Colleen came in January. Right. In November of that year, um, I had remarried um, to my husband, and Bradley, there's just something about when you find someone who absolutely adores you and does everything they can just to make your life better. Um, that happened. We got married in June. We've been married for six months. Um, I inherited two kids. I inherited three grandbabies who were absolutely wonderful. And just just so for the listeners, like I truly, sincerely hope I get Brad on here um, sooner than later. He's he's got some some good stories and, and a, a phenomenal tale as well. He does. Yeah, yeah. He has some neat stories. Yeah. Neat stories. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyways. Um, Brad adores me and just dotes over me. Like it's nothing I have ever seen or felt. And it's one of those things where, go ahead, I'm sorry. You can tell listeners, you can tell this. 
Um, it's one of those things where, you know, you see people and you're like, are they just really making this up that marriage can be this wonderful? And that's what I'm telling you guys. No, you can tell. They're... There's fulfillment. Yes. I would say. There's yes. Like you look at people and you're kind of like, there's been times where I'd look at people and like, it was almost like a jealousy. Like, Ooh, I want that. So I had that. I finally got it. We got married in June of 2019. Brad had a heart attack in November. Shook me to the core. But it did. Cause with that, I can't see that even now, like he's, he's vibrant. He's got energy. He's got good energy. And that's just not somebody you think, Yes. You know, and I can't. I don't know who you say has a heart attack because I, I mean, but you wouldn't think he would. And then yeah. So I would see where that would rock your world. Like Completely shattered. rocked my world. Yeah. He had a um, his widowmaker was ninety eight percent blocked, and so they went in and worked their magic and did all their stuff, um, put a stent in, all that good stuff. But it was like I physically remember. Mrs. Black, my principal, I walked down to her office to say, hey, this is what has happened and this is what's going on. She's like, why are you even in my room? Why are you in my office? Why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? <laughs> you should never have came down to my room. Get, let go. You should have left from your classroom. And so I'm in the car and I remember like my foot could barely like put the gas on. Okay. As I'm headed back to the house to pick up Brad and get him, long story, but get him to the hospital. And it was right then that God was like, Okay, there's like life is more than than going to school and being gone away from your family and your life centered around your work. Now, mind you, teaching has always been my life's fulfillment. It's part of who you are. It's part of who I right, am. Right. It's part of like helping people and seeing the joy in other people and seeing those light bulb moments come on in my students and, and his mentoring the relationship, everything about it. Everything about it. Yeah. Everything about it. Even to this day, you know, like looking back at my students, like I said, like I've had students who've had babies and have like, come to my baby shower. Like I need to, I, I want to see you. I want to just like two weeks ago, I had a student say, I'm in town. Do you want to go yeah. out to lunch? You know, like it's been a part of who I am. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. And it was like God saying, it's time to switch gears. Life is more than. Some other focus, everything you can focus on too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so from, from that day, like I knew something had to give. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't just going to go through the motions anymore. And so that's how, kind of how Be Joyful came about is I kept telling Brad, I've got to do something else. So we went through, okay, well, maybe you can teach online. Maybe you can do this. Maybe you can do that. All these other things. And then COVID hit. And that changed some, some systems. And that changed some <laughs> it, systems. It, it did make them. And even the teachers from school when we'd have our online meetings during COVID. Brad and I were on the boat. We were fishing. It was like I was zooming in from the boat in the middle of Lake Palestine, like enjoying life. I mean, yeah. I was still teaching. I was still doing my stuff, but I was working from home and I really got a taste of it. Right. I was like, okay. So, so not only, okay, where you, you, you had this impression, you're already feeling this. You're like, okay, changes need to happen. Well, then you saw, okay, the change can be reality yeah. yeah 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 and so long about october november ish of this past school year to be honest with you thad like i don't even remember how copywriting came about like i don't remember how i discovered it but it was like one day i heard about it and it was like 
In order to be a, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Don't, don't, this is yours. I'm, I'm interrupting you, and I apologize. But somewhere we talked to you on the phone. We were in Pasadena, and I don't. I want to say it was around November, but I'm mm-hmm. not certain. Mm-hmm. And you shared with us that you had taken that on, that you were yeah. going to copyright. So when did it happen? Around November? Or was yes. it Earlier than that. That's or? when I finally took the leap. Okay. Okay. Yes. So that's when it. Okay. That's when it cool. happened. And I remember. At first, I thought copywriting, and you think of like, okay, well, this microphone is copyrighted. You know, like nobody can copy it, like the little copywriting symbol. That's all I knew of copywriting. It's like, what's copywriting? And then I kind of started getting into it, and it was like, well, as somebody who is selling their product, you have to get into their mind of what do they want? What do they need? What are their pains? Okay. Well, as an English teacher, as a reading and writing teacher, it goes hand in hand. What is the conflict that your character experiences? What do they feel? What is the internal conflict? What is the external conflict? What drives them? What motivates them? Right. And I was like, holy Moses, I can do this. Like what motivates somebody to buy this kind of microphone here that's sitting in front of me right here with you right now? Right. Like what pain points drive them to do that? And I'm like, I remember telling my co-teacher, Jose Perez, I was like, I can do this. Like, I can copyright. Like, if anybody, like, you just have to get into that person's mind. We get into our character's mind all the time when we're telling them a story. Understand that character. and what, Understand the character. And then be part of that. And then you can make, and again, I, I, I'm I'm feeding off of you because I don't, I still, I'm, what is copywriting? What is copywriting? Yeah, t- I mean, copywriting is, is any written words yeah. that help motivate somebody to buy something. Or a, it may not necessarily be a physical it can, product. It can be a um, a mindset. But it's, it's got to be written it's, for you to copyright it. Not necessarily. It can be like a commercial, a commercial script. Yes, it's still written, but it's, when the receiver receives it, it's audible. Okay. So, I, but, but that script is copyrighted. We deliver it mm-hmm. however, whatever mode mm-hmm. you they use. They call it to. copy. A blog post is considered content. It's a little bit different than copy. It's longer. Okay. Where copy tends to be shorter. Um, Sales copy. um, Website copy. Anything that anybody has on a website, that's considered copy. Um, But it all has to be about, you know, like the intended purpose behind it. Yeah. All of these things are things that I have taught my kids for years in school. What is the author's purpose? Why is the author doing this? And so this is now why is the, I don't want to use, use this, the seller, but for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, yeah, I am the seller and why am I doing this? So you want to understand that and then you help the seller put mm-hmm. their product on paper? Persuade them. Or have them help them persuade people to buy. Yes. And you copyright that persuasion. Mm-hmm. You give them those words. So, um, so you understand them so you can... You are a master at writing. Therefore, you are you can uh, document the mastery of thought. Correct. Because you know how to write. Yes. So, um, you help them achieve that. Mm-hmm. Take their idea, take their uh, rough draft, if you will, their brainstorming, and you put that to a focused, here's what will... Sell your product. Okay. Yes. For And part of that is you being able to put your shoes in the target audience. So if I'm trying to sell to a mom, for example, 
and I'm going to write the copy for a monitor. What are the benefits of having a monitor for your child in your room? Why would you want a monitor so Lou can hear or so you can hear Lou or your kids or whatever like those benefits and being able to draw on that. So I have to be able to put myself in the shoes of that mom or that parent in order to sell that product. So I'm I not need, just listing features. I'm pulling from their emotions. But you take it a step further. I need this thing, but I need this one. Yes. Because yes. whatever. Yeah. And oftentimes it's telling you you have a problem without you knowing you have a problem. But you got to diagnose the mm -hmm. situation. And then you're like, oh, I need that. Right. Psychology. I'm sure you've been did you there. take any psychology classes? I did not. Did not because did there not. is definitely some psychology. I was a communication co uh, major in college, yeah. and then switched. Long story into an education. Into, into English education, right? Or education in education general. general. Mm -hmm. Okay, but communication in itself, you have to be able to pinpoint a message. You're going to have yeah. to do some delivery and make sure it's getting received how mm -hmm. you intend it and mm -hmm. all that. So funny yeah. side note. My mom showed me my report card from kindergarten not too long ago. She was purging. They were moving. It says Did Melissa. You talk too much. Melissa talked too much. <laughs> that was a guess. That's what it said. <laughs> Melissa talks too much. Uh, I like it. You know, and that resonates a whole lot because our niece uh, uh, Matilda, she gets those, <laughs> but she's so freaking creative. Like she is a master at creativity. She's my kind of girl. And it's uh. And convincing too. I, uh, Hannah and Chris forgive me, but she's a little on the manipulative side. She knows how to maneuver through some emotional, mm -mm. like, can I have this, please? Mm -hmm. Uncle Pirate. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. I get it. <laughs> Did, My thing <laughs> was, Dad, Dad, can I have such and such? I don't care. Go ask your mom. Mom, Dad said he didn't care if you didn't care. I always started with Dad so because Dad me. always said, I don't care if your mom doesn't care. And then I go ask mom, and dad already doesn't care, so mom's okay with go it. go ahead, right? Yeah. It works. I'm 43 years old. I could still go to my dad and say, hey, dad, <laughs> can blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Go ask your so, mom. How many siblings did you have? My brother and I. Okay. My brother's younger than I am. How, how what's the separation? I was born in 78, and Darren was born in 80. Okay, not too much. Yeah. That's a good, that's, a, that's about where our boys are. So, y'all were pretty close growing up. We were. That's awesome. Yeah. We're that's still, good. like, that's we good. still have a good time. Yeah. Darren is a, um, ugh, amazing guy. Like, I could never meet a better dad ever. Like, I love just watching him with his kids. It just yeah. blows me away. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. Where's, He's my little he brother, at? but I still look up to him. Where's he at? He's in Waco. So, yeah. Okay, so the whole family is in Texas then? No. My parents are now in Alabama. Okay. You did tell us that. Y'all went down there recently? Yeah. Okay. How often y'all visit them? Now it'll be a whole lot more. Before it was just surrounded around school. You you were tied to that. Yeah. So we were tied around school. You so know, when school was in and out. Currently, are you like the master of your domain? Like you can work, work from wherever? As long as I have internet. Yeah. Yep. That's... I'm excited. As a matter of fact, um, the first part of August, mm -hmm. we have some friends who, she's turning 40. And so we're going to go to Alabama for their birthday party, her birthday party, and um, stick around there for a little bit. And I have a friend who I also taught with at White House who owns a condo in Dolphin Island, Alabama, which is unbelievable. The biggest seashells I have ever seen in my entire life. I absolutely love that place. Um, Y'all told us about 
when yeah. we met y'all for dinner. That I yeah, think so, we've like, been there we before. We spent a week there before. Got to jog my brain, but yeah, you said it's the, wonderful. Tell us about the seashells. Yes, I love love it there. It's like they empower the idea of vacation, like away from everything. Yeah, like it's just relax. Like they want you to just relax and chill, and that's exactly what it is. Like it's not. A bunch of touristy stuff it's just chill and enjoy your family and in, intentional that's what I think of when I think of in, Dolphin Island I think of intentional because you have to be intentional to be there yeah like yeah. it's like you have to drive like intentionally to get there it's out of the way it's out of the way All it right. is not a it, yeah I love yeah. it so then maybe we'll end up by y'all when I'm you move. Hoping. I'm yeah hoping. Um, I do want to bring up I've never asked anyone for anything particular regarding regarding their cover photo yeah and and i'm going to ask you again it's not a it's kind of on the spot and mm -hmm. i'm going to spot but you you share with us you have a tattoo i do with it, it's an extraordinary backstory to that too it's just awesome and i'm just wondering if that's something you have the original drawing mm -hmm. and you have the tattoo either of both of them together is that something you would use for your cover yeah, it's just, it's just a photo that will be on the internet beside your. But and but no, if you want to do your family whatever, also I'm not. I no, understand I'll that, totally. But, yeah, but it, it's uh, you shared that with us earlier, and that was just I know Colleen and I both got chills. Just yeah, cause you were. So that tattoo came about um, at a very dark time in my life. Um, I was really struggling um, in my personal life, and a student came to me and gave me a card. And said at the time I was Kimbrough and she said mrs. Kimbrough I know something's going on and I love you and I just want to give this to you and let you know that like anything is possible and my kids have always known that I love bees because that's something that I just always have in my classroom and she drew a heart and it has honeycomb on it and a bee and it's um, the color starts from a darker red and it goes up to a yellow Okay, so the light comes up out of the bottom, out of the darkness. And on the side of it, it says, anything is possible. And she just gave it to me and said, I just, I love you. And I just want you to know anything is possible. Right. And I told her at that moment, like, this is going to be my next tattoo. And I kept it for years. And so, anyways, years down the road, Brad and I's honeymoon. <laughs> I had that tattooed on, on my hip. And it, like, it's just anything is possible. And to this day, I'm still living that out. Like, anything is possible. Uh, like, I can still enjoy my husband, enjoy my grandkids, enjoy my children, enjoy my friends. And just, like, I'm already thinking, like, okay, we're going to make a trip to South Texas. Well, not South Texas. Wherever you all are. Yeah, that's going to be well, kind yeah, of southeast. Yeah, it's down, on the Cal yeah, Coast. Baytown, Texas. It's, it's like, thinking, as long as I have internet, I can go and be with people I love and enjoy it and work and... And we'll have internet. We'll have Wi-Fi. Yeah. We'll get the fastest one possible. I can sure that... steal your Wi-Fi <laughs> yeah. and still work. So, but that, but no, the the tattoo is it's a nice tattoo, um, and it just fits. It ties a lot of things together. Mm -hmm. You know that that we talked about and that you've shared. And so mm -hmm. I just, again, I, we we can do a cover photo and change to something else at some point. But I just no, I don't care. I've never thought to, about that. But to yeah, to share with people. Yeah. Know? Is it on your Instagram? It is not. Yeah, I I'm think not, it needs I'm not to be. You what to do, anything yeah. is possible. <laughs> yes. Like anything uh, is possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything we haven't covered that you would like to to share? Because we can, we can forever put it on the internet. I don't think so. 
we'll we'll figure something out. We'll figure we'll something out. And I will sit down again, and Brad, maybe we can do a. So you need to interview Brad, ask absolutely. him about his fireman days. Absolutely. Ask him how many babies he has helped deliver. Great story. Definitely do that. I'll, I will get with you to make notes yes. to move into that one. It'll be great. You'll uh, love it. And and the the things you shared some things earlier, and we'll get more. And maybe when we do Brad, we can you can be there and we can yeah. you can jump in and throw some things at us. And yeah, it'll be a fun fun go. Um, but anyhow, I definitely appreciate you know finally no, to sit down you. with you. This yeah. has been one it is for a while. Yeah. And uh, to each of you out there, thank you for listening. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other. Signing off.